This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Today's show is brought to you by Yo Radio. The first music and radio platform with stations curated and managed by artists and influencers from across the globe. From Drake Bell to Megadeth's David Ellefson to UFC star Uriah Hall, just to name a few. Welcome to Yo Radio. Yo Radio delivers the best listener experience and is completely free. From hip-hop to rock to blues to EDM, Yo Radio has the music you want at your fingertips. Download the app now in the App Store for Apple devices and in the Google Play Store for Android. Or just go to YoRadio.com. That's YoRadio.com. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Ranger, that is! In the left field, hit number 3,000, a run start! Smith, Corks went into right down the line, it may go! Hello, Cardinal fans. Welcome to this special July 4th edition of Two Birds on a Bat, your St. Louis Cardinals fan podcast. Of course, coming to you from the patio studios, and as always, brought to you by my good friends from Innovated Companies, theinnovatedcompanies.com, home of the plumbing team, heating and cooling, electric and construction, residential, commercial, or industrial, doesn't matter. Randy Green's your man. Uh, give him a call. You'll probably wind up speaking to his wonderful daughter. The one that keeps him organized and on the straight and narrow, of course, is Stephanie Green, a tremendous young lady that does a tremendous job and, and really kind of keeps the ball rolling in the right direction over there. But Randy's a man of his word, and more importantly, he can save you time, energy, and money. Give InnovativeCompanies.com an opportunity for your business. 35 years experience, second-generation craftsman, and as I said, more importantly, a man of his word. All right, I want to welcome everybody to the show. Um, this is uh, We originally weren't going to do a second show this week with the holiday, um, you know, lots of things going on. Um, you know, I, I talk on the show a lot about um, being very fortunate to be friends with a lot of people involved behind the scenes in the real world of actual baseball. And I, when I mean by that, I mean like baseball community, like training players, helping them get better, whether they be younger or older, whether they be amateur or professional. Um, I've had a few of the people on the show. Um, I have some great conversations with people that I respect highly. Um, you know, I talk a lot about some of the different guys on here. One of those guys is um, is a young man that I've known since he was uh, young, young. I actually knew his father, played a little bit of ball towards the end of his dad's career with him um, on, on a non-competitive side. His dad was a hell of an athlete and, and baseball player. But a young man from the town that I'm originally from, Granite City, 
um, and his name is Jake DePew. I want to welcome him to the show. Jake, what's going on? Not much, Jim. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, a lot of people um, are going to be familiar with your name. You were a, a top prospect coming out of the area um, as a catcher out of high school. Um, you were committed to Louisville, which is a top baseball program, but you were a top uh, prospect uh, when it comes to the major leagues, and you wound up, uh, and, and at any time I'm wrong, please stop me, but you were uh, drafted by, I believe, Tampa Bay. Yes. Tampa Bay, and dis- elected to forego college and b- pursue a professional career. Um, you had a nice career. Um, uh, I would say probably besides the highlight of getting an opportunity to play baseball at a professional level, I would say I've talked to you before about this. Some of the highlights were getting invited as a non-roster invitee to the big league camp for spring training. Would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I got I got invited to two spring trainings, uh, major league spring trainings, one with Boston and, and one with Tampa Bay. You and I had a conversation about when, you know, obviously, I, I mean, it really wouldn't matter what it was, but your last one with Boston, I mean, catching bullpens from, I believe, was it Chris Sale, Porcello, uh, uh, David Price. David Price. Um, so the truth of the matter is, though, is you, you basically baseball is all you know. Uh, you now are, um, and if and if, again, if I screw this up, please, please, you're the one of one of the high school coordinators for a local baseball organization called the Missouri Gators, correct? Yes. Um, you guys are a massively growing organization, to say the least. Um, and you guys are in the business of helping young men achieve the same dreams as as you. Um, one of the biggest things that guys like yourself provide, if I'm not, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, is helping guys understand what it takes to play baseball at a higher level. Uh, the reason I know you and I, you know, we talk all the time. Um, you're a uh, the Missouri Gators are a, a an advertiser in uh, the the league that I'm a commissioner in, which you know contains 200 select baseball teams. So you guys are always out there with your brand and trying to, you know, encourage kids that want to take that next jump to do that. Something that came up the other night that was – what was, what's funny about it is, I don't know if you caught it or not, but it was a borderline comical statement in one sense, but it was also a very – in my opinion, it was kind of a matter-of-fact statement. It, it was right up there with when Mike, Mark McGuire said steroids is bad. Steroids is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a local guy asked Mike Matheny about some things that were going on with the Cardinals, and he said baseball is hard. And, you know, some people really jumped on him like, oh, duh, 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 duh. But, but it's a very profound statement because yes. you and I have talked a thousand times, and it, that phrase comes up every time. Um, I've said on the show a hundred times over that I think for fans, and you're, and you're you know, let's face it, now you're, you're a fan. You know maybe a little bit more about the game and, and that level than the average fan. But the reality of it is now you're a fan. Not that you never were a fan, but I, I mean – do you think that maybe sometimes we lose sight of how hard the game is? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think. Um, do you even now, like now that you're away from it, do you sometimes forget how hard it was? At times, yes. Uh, especially coaching. You know, I coach a 15U team, so um, there's times where you know I I expect a lot out of those guys just because I've you know I've been at a very high level and I've I've, I've seen the game at a high level, obviously, and. Um, I expect a lot out of those guys, but sometimes I have to take a step back and 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 think to myself, you know, this this game is hard. It's the hardest game in the world, and um, you know, I I struggled um, a lot. You know, and when, you were a, and let's face it, you were a top player in the country at your position. You were you were a ranked player, and 
Um, I'm and listen, I, I don't. This wouldn't be unfair to say. I'm sure you didn't achieve your ultimate dream. I mean, I, that, that, I mean, that's accurate, right? You yeah, wanted to play absolutely. in the big leagues, absolutely. And that's how hard it is. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I played eight years of, of professional baseball, and and four of those were in Double A, and I, I I couldn't get past it. Um, I struggled offensively. Um, and you were a great hitter. I mean, I've never. I mean, it's. At one point, yeah. In high school, though, I mean, I, you know, and people say, oh, it's high school. Yeah, I, I, I'm not talking about the average high school hitter. I mean, I've watched you and have just, I mean, you, I mean, there's been some good ones come through here. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of good programs here in St. Louis have a lot of top talent. You got guys getting drafted. We talk about some of the ones that are here now, some of the ones that have been drafted, some of the ones that are at some of the top programs right now. And the reality of it is most of those guys are different. Like yeah. when you watch them, like right now, one of the kids we talk about is Drake Westcott, the kid mm-hmm. from Edwardsville. When you watch him hit a baseball, it's different. It's different. It's different even than the good players. It's just different. Jordan McFarlane was that way. Um, uh, you guys have a guy over there, Stinson. Mm-hmm. He's that way. Uh, what was his name Briar? Briar. Briar Stinson over at the Gators. He's that way. You were that way. I mean, the, when you hit a baseball, it was different. Your swing looked different. It looked professional at a young age. The ball come off the bat differently. It was a diff- It was just a different sound, right. and so understanding that there's a difference between really, really good and great is a tough thing, I think, for us as fans. What I wanted to do today, because I've I've had, I mean, we have a a, a great fan base, and I and I know you listen to the show, and I know you're a Cardinal fan, obviously. Um, one of the things that we do is we have a great fan base that likes to communicate. A lot of people like to communicate off. Uh, we do a lot of social media stuff, but we get a lot of people that like want to say things. They don't want to be criticized for them, so we'll we'll DM a lot. And we have these great conversations behind the scenes. And I've had so many people say it'd be really cool to talk to somebody about the experience and what it's like because we we can't understand. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna pull you into the fire because <laughs> I, I know you were kind of wanting to tell our audience a little bit about something you guys got going. So I thought, you know what, this is going to be a great trade-off. I'm going to get you in here. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit, and then I'm going to let you tell people a little bit about yourself. So um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about today about the statement that baseball is hard, but just how hard is it? So um, I, I'm really curious. I, again, because I think of the blanket statement, I think most people are sitting there going, well, Jim, no shit. We know it's hard. I just, you know, I think I myself, and I always say I think I know enough to be dangerous, I sit there sometimes and I watch guys swing at sliders in the dirt, and I get frustrated like everybody else. Or swinging, and I just sit there and think, and I, I'm always reminded of something that a, a guy that we both know, had said, Rick Strickland had said to me one time, you, you, you can't understand what it's like gearing up for a 99-mile-an-hour fastball and then getting a slider away or in the dirt. It, you don't – I mean, you just don't get to – to do this, there's approach. There's all these other things that go into it, and I can help. And I know you're this way now. You and I've talked about it. You you hit with so many people. I can show you everything, but if you can't not swing at a 59 foot curveball, I can't help you. So I thought it'd be interesting if we talk about that stuff today. So um, uh, before we do that, though, I want to remind everybody: check us out, twobirdsonabat.com. That's the website. You can do your shopping at Amazon through us and help us out. We get a very small referral. You simply click the Amazon banner. The number one thing you can do there, though, is click the subscribe to the podcast button. It's absolutely free. You'll get a notification uh, every time the show comes out. Find us on social media. That's where we love to communicate with people. Um, birds on at Birds on a Bat Show is where you'll find us on Twitter. Listen, if you're a Cardinal fan and you follow us, we're going to follow you back. We really don't care about having 10,000 followers and we only follow 10 people. We want to know what you're thinking, okay? We want to engage. So you follow us at Birds on a Bat Show. We're going to follow you back. Uh, Right now, we have the contest going on for Facebook. You find us, Two Birds on a Bat. 
like our Facebook page. This is where you really get the extra entries. Click invite your friends. Okay. At the end of the at the end of July, you're going to be able to send us a photo. Every friend you have that likes our show, it'll say right there how many of your friends, mutual friends, like the show. You're going to get an entry into the that contest to win that Marcelo Zuna autographed jersey. Of course, donated to us by our good friend, obviously, and co-host Benji Molina, his brother Yadier Molina, and M4ByYadi.com, which is always so good to us. So, again, don't forget, get to work on that. That's our Facebook contest. You can find us, Two Birds on a Bat Show, on Instagram as well. Uh, follow us there. And, of course, we're proud to be part of lineupmedia.fm, the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Don't forget, download the app. It's absolutely free. Yo Radio, the newest Internet radio sensation delivered by our friends at lineupmedia.fm. Leave them a review. It's a great station. You'll enjoy it. They have all the genre music. they got the decades. They have uh, uh, different uh, influencers throughout the world that are coming on with their own radio stations. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Check it out. Yo Radio, absolutely free. Download it from the App Store. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, as always. Of course, you heard me mention my friends at InnovativeCompanies.com. Don't forget, if you're, hey, listen, if it's July 4th weekend and I'm looking at Jake, he's thinking about barbecue right now. I know he is. He's got that look on his face. July 4th tomorrow, probably a day off for him for once. Hey, you got a barbecue, right? Well, hey, listen, if you don't want a barbecue, our friends at Adam Smokehouse have you taken care of. Okay, I know everybody likes to do their own cue sometimes, but, man, if you want to taste it at its highest level, Adam Smokehouse, go see my man Mike. Tell him two birds on a bat sent you down on Watson Road. Have the ribs. You hear me talk about it all the time. But, you know, you got your pulled pork. you got your brisket, the turkey. Uh, Steve-O and them just rave about the turkey. Uh, just tremendous sides. You're going to enjoy it. You've seen the Facebook Live edition with uh, ourselves and Benji Molina enjoying it. Get over there and enjoy it. And, of course, if you've got some time off the next few days, get over to Arlington Greens and see Mark Marcuso. Tell him his, your friends at Two Birds on a Bat sent you over to try out the course. Uh, tell Mark you said hi. Um, you know, just a tremendous guy. His staff is doing a tremendous job. And, again, I always say it's a, it really is it, it's a hidden jewel here in the Midwest. If you haven't played Arlington Greens or you haven't played it lately, get over there and check it out now. they got the course looking great. Tell them we sent you. My man, Mark Marcuso at Arlington Greens. Okay, Jake, let's talk a little bit about how hard baseball really is. Um, so as a really good player, um, you know, you come out of Granite City High School. Um, you're drafted, so now you're faced with a decision. You've got an opportunity to go to Louisville, um, which we all know what a top baseball program that is. Was that a tough decision for you, or did you know all along you were ready to go? Um, that, was, that was probably the toughest decision I've ever had in my life. Um, I had a really good offer from Louisville, and I had a really good offer from Tampa Bay. And, you know, it took me – probably a month and a half to just just of thinking about it um, to, to finally come to a decision. Um, the thing that, that made it really hard is, you know, as, as time goes on, um, both sides, both offers continue to grow. Um, you know, they, they both want you um, with them. Uh, Pretty good feeling probably. <laughs> right, right. But, but definitely makes it harder. Um, the, the offers continue to grow and – Ultimately, it came down to what, what do I really want to do in life? And the answer to that was play baseball. Um, I had the opportunity to play baseball for a living. And still to this day, I've never had a job outside of baseball, um, which, which is pretty awesome. So um, that's ultimately what it came down to. And still to this day, I have no regrets. And I'm so happy. almost like an adult decision at a young age, was there a place that was there a part in it that played that said, even if I go give it everything I have and spend eight years and I don't make it, 
I'm still going to want to do something in baseball after, so why not go get rolling? I mean, yeah. I, I, that, I always kind of thought that about you from afar, like watching your journey. Yeah, uh, that, that, that definitely helped. Um, you know, I, I knew that no matter what I did, um, I would, once, once my playing days were done, I would, I would want to coach. So let's get back to the initial statement of the show, and that is that baseball is hard. Um, tell us just how hard it is. I mean, obviously, you're, um, you know, you're a big, you're the, you're the big fish in the little pond here. Right. I mean, you were, let's face it, you can smile and we can kind of laugh about it, but you were, and you're a very humble guy. <laughs> so I'll say it for you. You kind of show up and all of a sudden it's the, it's the reverse. Exactly. Um, were you, I, I got to ask you now you played program baseball and you traveled all over the country and played in the biggest tournaments. So every weekend you were playing against guys that were just like you, you weren't, you weren't this really great player, and you went and played against club scrub. You went and played against guys just like you, top prospects, guys going to big schools. So you had always played a high level. That wasn't the issue. And the same guys that you played against were also getting drafted. Were you shocked, though, when you got to even minor league baseball, how good it was? Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, I did travel around, and I, I played against the top competition in the country. But – a lot of those high school pitchers and those high school arms, yeah, they might throw hard, but a lot of those guys don't have an idea of how to pitch, um, how to execute sliders and, and change-ups and those types of things. Um, once you get to pro ball, all those guys are, are top-level players. They're the best in the country, and they all have a really good idea of what they're doing. I mean, I, I guess – you know, we talk about coaching, and that's kind of where I'm, uh, I'm, I'm leading us down the path. So I think everybody has this – the thing that I've learned is I think everybody thinks that you get drafted and you show up and there's all these coaches around and they're teaching you all this stuff. I don't know that that's necessarily accurate. Um, I hear it's absolutely the opposite. There's really not a lot of coaches. They're kind of organizing stuff, and it's really on you. Would that be more accurate? Yeah, I, I – I showed up in, in August of 2010, and I went on the, the GCL roster, the Gulf Coast League roster, and, you know, there's, uh, I don't know, probably 30 to 40 guys on, you know, on this team down there, um, and there's there's probably four coaches. Um, so, yeah, it's on you to get your work in and, and kind of figure things out. Did you encounter anybody that you felt like enhanced – your ability like was there a guy that you kind of gravitated towards and you thought man this guy knows his shit um yeah i had a i had a really good relationship with a coach uh by the name of dan dement um he was a younger younger coach but um we got along really well and he he helped me a ton through through the journey now did you notice as you you know, I, I mean, there's different levels. There's different levels of A ball, and then you, and again, everybody always says, "Man, you really start finding out at Double A if you got a shot at this." Did you? Did the coaching improve, or were there more coaches, or was it still kind of the same thing? Like, you know, we're playing baseball here. You're really working hard in the off season somewhere. Um, let's see what you got. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the the coaching doesn't necessarily change. Um, you have your, your standard, 
um, hitting coach, pitching coach, and the manager of each team. And on top of that, they have some roving instructors that might show up um, every few weeks, and and that's really it. Um, it's it's on you to to work at it and get better and, and make sure you're you're doing what you got to do. Do the roving guys kind of show tend to show up if there's quote unquote top guys there? that wind up where you're at and they've got money invested in them and they think, okay, we got to get down there? Or is it a set schedule? Or I'm going to spend this week here, I'm going to spend this week here? Or? I think for the most part it's a set schedule. Um, but if they if they know that there's a team that's going to have three or four top prospects, they might schedule themselves to be there a little more. Right. Uh, um, did you get the – now, now, you had even said that, you know, you kind of got to that double-A level – and while you were invited to non-roster, I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like. I mean, I, I, I know now, too, you know, Danny Rolfing had experienced it, too, and I had the opportunity to go see him with my sons and just listening to him talk about the difference of going to a major league spring training versus the other is just night and day. Um, but did you get the sense that if you would have made it to AAA that things might have changed there, that there's more instruction at AAA as they prepare them? Or is are we really in that same – if if anything, I think it's the opposite. I think you get to AAA, and there's so many guys in AAA that have been to the big league level at some point that really you're just playing. Um, there there's really not a ton of instruction at the AAA level. Uh, you're just kind of there, and you're just kind of waiting your turn essentially. So is it the roving guys that are really kind of assigned the job of? this is my specialty and when I'm here I'm going to find the guys that we think have a chance and we're going to do some one-on-one work much more intense than you know hey let's go out for 15 minutes and work on something is that see I'm envisioning based on prior conversations I've had with other people now listening to you who's actually lived it you know you were a catcher and you were a by all accounts a tremendous defensive catcher I mean I, I don't I think if you were to look back on your career it'd be accurate to say that the only thing that kept you away from a chance was you just didn't hit as well as you thought you would at that level. Because defensively, I think every year the reports would say that you probably could have handled catching at the big leagues. Um, so knowing that you were a top defensive catcher, w- did they spend more time trying to figure out what the issue with you was with hitting? Or did they keep working on your defense to make sure you stayed on that path in case the hitting came around? Um, honestly, there's not a whole lot of offensive instruction. Um, if there is, it's about approach, and it's not really about the swing mechanics or anything like that, um, which for me personally I, I enjoyed and I liked better. I don't like when when guys are, are you know, talking about doing this with my hands, doing this with, you know, and, and changing everything about my swing, um, especially while I'm in season. Um, you know, the off season I think is the right time for that. Um, but but they would work a ton on the defensive side of things. Um, you know, they talk a lot about defenses. Defense is one of the most important things. Um, now, especially at the catching, catching position, um, if you can hit a little bit, you can play in the big leagues. Unfortunately, I didn't hit a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so interesting to hear you say that because I think I, I would think to be honest with you, I, I am kind of. I mean, and like I said, I, we've had conversations before, probably never this in-depth. I'm a little surprised by that. I really am. Um, 
I, I, on the flip side, I've said on here only because I know other people before that a lot of people want to blame John Mabry for everything. And again, I, I don't care. I know you're laughing right now, but and I don't care. I, I'm, I'm at the point where you can blame Mike, you can blame Mabry. I really don't care. But I have said on the show numerous times, I think people think I'm making it up because I want to defend Mabry. But nobody is building a swing in the season. Mm. I mean, and I think what other people fail to realize is, because the answer, and I'll give you their answer all the time, is, well, then why do we have the hitting coach if everybody has their own hitting coach? Which, if you were a guessing man, what percentage of major league players have their own hitting coach? It's I'm, it's 90-plus? Yeah, very high percentage. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I've told people on here, and I think they think I'm lying. I mean, I, you know, I, the, the Kevin Wilson out of Philadelphia has come on the show and even said his, during the season he has flown from city to city with his clients, and they go to some high school or mm-hmm. someplace, and he hits with his guys offside. That's what he does. They call and say, hey, I'm not rolling very good right now. My hitting coach for the team showed me some video of me going well and what I'm doing now. Can you come? I mean, so, you know, we want to blame – so, okay, so I think people kind of get that that's going on. What about approach? Uh, People want to blame Mike or want to blame Mabry for approach. And I'm always like, well, okay, maybe. But what is the approach? I mean, like when somebody says approach to a guy like you, and you even said that they talk more about that, what would that mean to a guy that's played the game like yourself if you're talking about focusing on approach? Like, what are we talking about here? Because right now, obviously, everybody here is going, why are we striking out so much? What would be your first thought in approach there? Um, I think it's all about, you know, what you're looking for and what you're getting ready to hit. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing they always go back to is get on the fastball away. You know, are you looking for the fastball away? Um because mentally, if you're looking for the fastball away, you have a chance to cover everything. Now, there's there's certain guys where, um, you know, you're you're getting pounded inside for eight at bats in a row. Now, okay, let's go up there and and let's let's change what we're doing or or whatever the case may be. But from my experience, what they always told me approach wise was we got to get on the fastball away, and now we have a chance to cover everything. Um. And, and interestingly enough, and I've always said this too, is I think everybody thinks, okay, what are we doing at the plate? We, why aren't we making adjustments? Where's our approach? And I sit there and I think, okay, well, do we not think that the other team's pitching guy isn't going, okay, let's talk about what they're doing and now we're going to combat that. So like, for instance, Matt Carpenter likes a lot, take a lot of like first pitch strikes. So guess what? Let's throw some first pitch strikes. Exactly. Let's get ahead in the count and make him hit some pitches that are moving out of the zone. And then Matt Carpenter goes back and watches some video and says, man, I'm taking a lot of first ball. Uh, you know what? I'm going to start hitting those. And then he has some success. And then they make – it's a – would you – the one thing that I've heard from numerous people is it's a game of adjustments. you think there's even a better term to describe the whole thing? I, I mean, I don't know that there's a better term, but that's 100% true that, I mean, there's adjustments made pitch to pitch. Um, and it's, that's, that's part of why the game's so hard is because you have to do that. What makes one guy so much better at it than others? We had the opportunity to have Albert Pujols here for, and you, you know, you watched him. I mean, I, you saw the how unbelievable it was. I mean, why can one guy do it, and another guy not do it? Why can Randall Grichik not lay off the slider? I, I, I listen. They all swing at the slider away. Why can some guys pick it up earlier 
more consistently than other guys. Why? Is it just that's what that's what makes them great? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's a there's one answer to that. It could be a number of things. Um, it could be what pitch is he looking for to start? What location is he looking for that pitch? Um, what is he getting his body in the best position to hit? Um, I mean, there's there's a million things it could be. Is it what what's his vision? You know what I mean? They say the average big league hitter's vision is is twenty ten. You know, it could be anything. If you were coaching a baseball team at the big league level, would you put more of an emphasis? Now we know kind of what and you know, and I'm going to get to analytics with you in a second. But look at the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, it's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, you and I've talked about that. It's you know, it, and and at the end of the day, if you're going to be inconsistent, you're probably not going to finish very high. Because typically the teams that finish higher are the teams that sustain some success. And then when they, have, when they don't have success, they're able to pull themselves out of it sooner than another team. They don't have these extremely long losing streaks. Um, they very rarely lose multiple games in a row. They're able to get on a run. I think Mo even alluded to it this week where he said, we've got to get on some sort of run to get ourselves in a better position here. Um, if, if Jake DePew was managing – and you're looking at this Cardinal team right now, and, and we talk about the things they just haven't done well consistently. If you looked at this team right now because of the moving parts, and I think that's the hard part is we got all these moving parts, and this guy plays Colton Wong. This guy plays unbelievable defense, but, man, he is almost an automatic out. Okay, Judd Jerko can hit a little bit, and if we play him in this position, he's better, but because this guy can only play this position, and if we want to get this guy's bat, we just got a roster where we're trying to mix and match. If you're the St. Louis Cardinals right now and you're on this roller coaster, would you roll out a lineup of your best defense and hope that they could play behind some of this pitching? Or are you in the boat of, yeah, but God darn it, you're going to have to score some runs because even starting pitching as good as it is and with a bullpen that's up and down, what do you do? I mean, or do you just – we're just not good enough. I, I, me personally, I, I'm – and this, this might be because I – I was a, a good defensive player, but um, yeah, I'm all for running out the best defense you got and and the best pitching you got, and and just roll with it. You know, try to win games two to one, try to win games one to nothing, whatever you got to do. Um, and that's hard, you know, that's hard to do. Um, but you know, that's baseball. Um, I, me personally, I would run out the best the best defense you got. And just see what happens. And see what happens. Well, because what you're doing now is obviously not working. You know, it's it's an up and down roller coaster. Um, well, I've kind of thought the same thing. There's a part of me that's always thought if you take this team, and if I rolled out, you know, I hate to say it, but if I rolled out, you know, it would have to be the team that we have currently is constructed. It would have to be carpet first, Wong at second, DeJong when he comes back at at short. It would have to be Jerko at third. Um, it would have to be Tommy Pham in center. Um, you know, Ozuna has not played as well defensively as I think we all thought. But now you're getting into Harrison Bader is a really good defensive outfielder. Um, do you give him the nod? Or, to be quite honest, I think people overvalue the corner outfield spots a little bit. That's just my opinion. I know you're shaking your head right now. I think you get a misplay occasionally in the corner and you start going, oh, he's awful. But it's – those are the only positions, I think, in the corners in the outfield where you're really going to be able to say, 
okay, we're going to put a guy here that can hit and hope he plays good defense because otherwise what you're doing is, you know, if it's Jose Martinez you want to stick out there or it's Marcelo Zuna you want to stick out there in left field, if you stick Harrison Bader out there and then you take Marcelo Zuna out because he hasn't played well defensively, I mean, are you going to you going to put Tyler O'Neill out there? I guess I don't know. And then all of a sudden, man. So now we're back full circle to, well, okay, I want to do what Jake wants to do or I want to do what everybody wants to do, but, man, I'm going to use these couple – positions to get some hitters here it's a tough thing man i and, and i've often wondered what would happen if you did it i and, mean yeah and and now now you understand why it's so hard to manage at the big league level yeah mixing and matching and and i've said it before too i mean I, you know i again i, I i'm not an athene apologist i'm not a Matheny defender i'm a, I, i'm like i want people to understand the difference tony Larusa had teams where he ran the same he had guys that play it, I mean, you listen, you do not have to be a rocket scientist to grab your lineup card every night and go, oh, I'm going to go ahead and put Albert third <laughs> and play him at first, and I'm going to put Jim Edmonds in center field, and I'm going to play Scott Rowland at third base every game, and I'm going to do, and I'm going to trade for Reggie Sanders, who's a great clubhouse guy, a pretty good player, and plays left field. And you know what? We need a second baseman. Let's go get Fernando Vina. Let's get that guy in here because he's a good leadoff hitter. I you know, hey, and guess what? Our bullpen's not good enough. Go get me some bullpen guys that I don't feel like every time I walk out there, I'm handing them a grenade. So I, I don't understand. We, we got to quit comparing the two because they're different. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care. I, I've said it a hundred times. I'm not quite sure Mike's a great manager on the field. I know supposedly he's really good in the locker room. He takes the bullets for the guys. He does all this stuff. Some of the things the fans don't like. I have no idea. I don't even care anymore. I'm just trying to figure out why we sometimes can't just say they're not very good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, mean, I, I mean, re- regardless of whose name you write in the lineup, they have to go out and perform. And if they don't perform, in my opinion, that's not on the manager. It's not on the coaching staff. It's not on anyone except for that player. When I went out and hit 220 every year, that's on me. I didn't perform. And, and that's that's how I've always felt. Um, uh, th- we've had they've got a guy at AAA for the St. Louis Cardinals who's a new age hitting guy at, at Buddha Badaska or whatever. He's a kinesiology guy. He's a he's a functional body guy. He's not a he's not a big league hitting coach. He's not a guy that flips balls. He's a guy that works with hitters on how the body works and functionality in the swing and swing sequence. Kind of like I know you know Justin Stone. We've had him on the show. Who's now with the Chicago Cubs doing biomechanical studying on their hitters, and you know most notably now he's you know they've been on Jason Hayward and they're making changes and trying to make him understand this is why you're struggling. It's not it's not even analytics. It's this is how your body wants to work and you're not allowing it to work that way. Um, people say, well, why isn't this guy at the big league level and why is he at AAA? I've said. Because a guy can't be the major league hitting coach and spend seven hours a day for a week with one guy. He's got, he's got 18 guys that every day he's got to show them video of the opposing pitcher. He's got to go through pitch charts. He's got to go. I mean, is, am I wrong? Or is that the reason why a guy like that can't be a, a, a big league hitting coach? Yeah, I think there's just way too much going on at the big league level to, to spend time during a season um, – you know, tweaking how a guy's hips move, or how his how his core moves, or how his arms move, whatever the case may be. Um, there's just not enough time for that during the year. 
let's talk about your experiences at the big league level in training camp. So what were the biggest things you noticed that were different from everything else you experienced as far as what those guys might be getting? Um, or was it the flip side, and these guys are all professionals, and they don't have to be babied? That's, that's exactly what it is. These guys are the best in the world, and they've proven themselves every year, and they don't need guys telling them what to do. What did you see? Tell me. I mean, I know you. I mean, I know you. I mean, you love it. Uh, tell me. Uh, walk me through. Obviously, you're big. I mean, you were there to catch, so you caught again. You caught some amazing guys in bullpens. Um, how much drastically different were those pitchers than the ones you saw in the minor leagues? Was it even was it even remotely close? How good they were? Um, I think I think the biggest thing is the ability to command everything they throw. Um, you you take a guy in the minor leagues, and and people say this all the time. The it's not that the guys in the minor leagues can't play at the big league level right now. It's just that they're not as consistent as the guys that are in the big leagues. So you take a guy like you know David Price and Chris Sale and Rick Porcello. Obviously they're at the top, but their ability to command four pitches in different parts of the zone is it's it's incredible i mean uh, when i catch when i caught their bullpens i mean i i essentially don't have to do anything you know i I, pitch set the glove down i set the glove there and it's it's within inches you know if they miss the miss is on on the the right side of the plate yeah and you know, you see in the big leagues all the time when a guy gets hammered. What do you like? We talk about watch, watch a guy hit a bomb against the Cardinals. Watch him hit a mistake. Watch Yachty's glove. Exactly. He's typically set up here, and he reaches back over the plate, exactly. and that's when a pitcher gets in trouble. Um, outside of the pitching and what you did, what did you notice most about what's going on on the field with the hitters? What did you notice there? Um, I, I would. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me between the, the minor leagues and the big leagues and spring training was really the, the coaches act like you, you know what you're doing. When you get to big league spring training, the coaches kind of let you do what you do, whatever that is. You're, you're there for a reason, right? When you're in the minor leagues, they kind of – not all the time – Sometimes it's almost like you don't know how to play baseball. Well, it's funny you say that because I, when the, the year I went and I, I saw Danny when he was with the Twins at AAA and then I took my boys over to, to Jupiter, we spent as much time on the backfields. Now, the backfields are more like a boot camp. Exactly. Everybody's lined up and they're running, they're doing this, and they're going through drills and they're doing all this kind of stuff. It was a little bit more like almost like what you're doing right now, to be quite honest with you. We're going to show you the right way to do this and this and this and this. And then it's almost like the older you get, the onus is on the player. I, I mean, I, that's how I took it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, I mean, you're you're doing little things on the backfields, like if you're the on deck hitter, um, this is how you tell a runner to slide on a play at the plate, or you got to run up there and get the bat out of the way. <laughs> like this is how you touch the first base bag when you're running through. Um, just the littlest things that you don't think you need to teach people, but realistically you do. Is some of that because most of the guys that are there were the best players on their team growing up and guys just never said anything to them because they were the best? I've always maintained sometimes the best players when they're younger don't get coached because the players 
if they do something wrong, don't even tell them because, well, what am I going to tell him? I've said it all, all, all the time. Guys that are – you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Kids that are really, really good don't get coached as well as the kids that are mediocre. They don't. I, I believe that in my heart. I've seen it. I've, in fact, I've wrongly done it. Yeah, which, which, is, which is almost backwards. Um, I think that it's probably like that because you want to win. Yeah. But realistically, those those best players are probably the ones that have a chance to play for a long time. Yeah. And those are the ones we really got to teach how to play the game, not to neglect the others. Right. So, you know, looking at the Cardinals, um, you know, obviously, you know, listen, you're a catcher. Catchers know the game. They understand the game. Mike's caught a ton of heat, ton of heat. And let's face it, I think you and I would sit here and we would be kidding ourselves if he hasn't done things over the years that you and I both have sat here and went, I don't know what he's doing here. Um, would you lay that more on when you're a manager? You you just you do it your way because if it doesn't work, then at least you did it your way. Or do you think sometimes there's a growing process, and even though you played the game, managing it is just harder? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think there's a growing process. The the game, and he was a catcher, um, so more so than than the rest of the guys on the field. He has a really good idea of what's going on, um, but when when you're a manager, there's there's so many moving parts, and there you know you got the double switches, you got um, this this bullpen guy's on so so many days rest, and he's not available today, so I've got this guy, and I mean there's just so many moving parts. It's I mean it's hard. Uh, let's let's bring up the double switches. He catches a shitload of hell over double switches. Um, I've said to other people, I I understand why you're upset. I get it. Um, there's a there's a reason why he does them, okay. And I've said this: if you double switch and everybody does their job, it's not an issue. Exactly. When you double switch and the guys that, that are that, that come in after, so I tell people all the time: so you essentially are complaining because he double switched and the players didn't perform. And then people want to say, well, yeah, but you have to you have to prepare for that. No, what I have to do is prepare to give my team a chance to win. It, so what you're, and I always say this, so what you're asking us to do is prepare them to let the other team tie the game. That's what you're doing. Because when you double switch, you double switch for two reasons. You either move in a better defender, or you double switch because you might need to save that space in the order that's coming up for the pitcher. You may need to get an extra inning out of him, or you want to try to avoid him, whatever it may be. There's, there, those are the reasons. You don't double switch just to do it. Oh, I have to double switch here. It's always done, and another a better defender comes in, or in the case where you don't really have the better defender, you're a, you're getting out of that place of that hitter. So I so I say all the time. I, again, I understand I'm the same way, and it does happen. It, it it happens all the time. You see a position come up. Oh my God, our number three hitter should be up here, but because we tied the game, and I say all the time. But if the guys did with their job, this would have been a non-issue. So how do you manage? Do you manage to win, or do you manage in case you tie? I I, I don't know. What? Give me your I, thoughts. I mean, I I don't think that's only the case with the double switch. I think no matter what the move is, the players have to perform. And I said it earlier: the players have to get the job done. Um, the the manager's doing what he can to to put his team in the best position to win. And if the players don't perform, it's on them. And, th- and that's my opinion. Right. Interesting. Um, you know, what would you do with Jose Martinez? I mean, he can hit. And does it surprise you when a guy – listen, did you see anybody in the minor leagues that you thought, how is this guy still down here? 
Did you have anybody like that that you're like, God dang? Yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of guys that could flat out hit, but can't play any defense. And if you can't play defense, it's hard to play in the big leagues. I, and I think that's what we're seeing. That's exactly that, that's, what, yeah. What would you do with him? I mean, it's hard because well, he's the best hitter in the lineup right now. Yeah. Um, Doesn't make any money. Yeah. You know, that's the business part of it. Doesn't exactly. make any money. Everybody wants him to trade him to American League team. Number one, I mean, man, you're talking about just giving up a, a player in a roster spot that makes no money. Um, on the flip side, while, yes, he's a good hitter and while he's hit a few home runs, do most American League teams want a guy that hits 300 with 15 bombs, or are they looking for a guy that hits 270 with 35 bombs to be their DH? Exactly. I mean, in that, I mean, he's kind of how does a guy that does nothing but hit not really have a place in the game? Isn't that odd? Yeah, it's a, it's very odd. I mean, I, I find it. I find myself all the time going, "Why are we talking about getting rid of a guy that can hit when so many people can't do it?" And it's like, well, then we remember real quick that there's more to the game than just hitting. I, it, it's, I don't know. It's it's and odd. It's the old it's the old saying that that everyone always says. Um, you know, if you can hit, they'll find a place in the lineup for you. Well, unless if, if you're, you're costing, that bad, if you're costing us a bunch of runs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that's the case. Um, you know, uh, last. I mean, are you? Let's talk about Yachty. Obviously, I. You know. I, I, you followed his career. I mean, you had to think, Jesus, this guy. You know, I don't know. I don't know if when you were younger, you thought, man, this guy. I want to. You know. I, yeah, it's it's a guy I, I always modeled my game after or tried to. Are you knowing the rigors of the the toll it takes on your body? I mean, you're built like a catcher, man. You are put together. Like you look like. You know, you're a football player. I mean, you. I mean, nobody want. I mean, you look like you could run through a wall. You look like a catcher, right? Like you don't look like Jason Kendall. Okay, when he caught, um, you look like a catcher. Um, are you surprised at his age what he's doing? Does it surprise you? Yes. I, I think it's and, – and obviously he's he's the best catcher in the game, but it's it's still incredible what he's able to do at his age and, and catching pretty much every day um, and still put up the numbers he puts up offensively. It's it's absolutely incredible. Um. Do you are you just waiting for it to? I mean, is it an inevitable thing that it just, or or is is his commitment a few years ago to changing his body and staying with it? Is that what this is? Is that really what this is? And and is and is just internal drive, of course, which is off the charts. Yeah, I think I think the 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 things he does to prepare himself and. And I don't, I don't know everything that he does, but I, I would imagine post game he's there, you know, in the, in the ice bath, um, foam rolling, stretching. I'm sure he's got a couple hour routine after each game, and then I'm sure he's one of the first ones there every day. He is preparing see, himself. Yeah, obviously, play. we we see video from, but you know, like there's a lot of things we say all the time with him. There's all kinds of things we can't share on the show and things like sure. that. But I mean, you know, when when especially when Benji's in town, you know, we see video. I mean, you know, he'll be talking to his brother on FaceTime, and you know, it's noon or one o'clock, and you know, they don't have to report until whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's at the stadium working out, you know, um, all winter long. You know, it was funny a couple of years ago when we first were doing this with Benji. He, you know, we were doing something, and you know, we're talking to him like, "Who are you talking to?" He's like, "Yachty. He just got done running." And it's like they just lost. 
it's over. I mean, he's not going to take a week. Nope. He's, he ran out and ran five miles. I mean, the, did, was, that easy, was that hard or easy for you to work that hard 365 days a year when you played? Or is it something you just love to do? Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think you, you do it because you love what you do for a living. But it's there's no question it's incredibly hard. You know, there's there's days all the time where you, you just want to take days off. You want to relax. But Benji when, calls them flu-like symptoms. Yeah. He says that's that's what they call it in baseball. Yeah. I've got flu-like symptoms. That's code for I need I a day. I need a day. Yeah. There's no question about it. Um, he doesn't take those days. He don't want them. He doesn't want them. And pissed when, he, when it comes up. And that there's a reason he's... He's the best in the world at what he does. I mean, even Benji said that, you know, he played with – and I know you think Barry Bonds is the greatest player ever. And Benji played with him, and he said, yeah, every blue moon. He was like, hey, coach, I'm, I got the flu. I got flu-like symptoms. And he's standing there looking at you, and you can tell he's healthy as a horse. <laughs> and he's like, I know me, and I need a day. Some guys don't want a day. Um, and, and I think the other thing, it's not just physical. I mean, you – the the mental well, that's where I'm going. I'm glad you did this. This is the last thing I want to talk about. The mental stress of a baseball game, and to have to do that 162 times out of 180 days, 170 or, something if you're yeah, lucky, whatever yeah. days it is. I mean, it's it's incredible how difficult that is. On the mental side, so let's 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 just lay it out there before we go. Um, so you have this dream. You're at the AA level. You know, you're not even playing in front of 40,000, trying to live up to a contract, doing all this kind of stuff. What's that feel like, man, when things aren't going well? Um, it's, a, it's a lonely feeling. <laughs> um, Did you need anybody to tell you it wasn't going well? I mean, we talk about all the time getting on decks, getting on these guys. Get, I say all the time, do you think he doesn't know he's hitting 170? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you step up to the plate, you know, four times a game, and right there in front of your face is a, a massive picture of yourself with 150 next to it. Like, that that's not a good feeling. You know. And you know well before it gets to that point. Does it creep into other aspects of your game sometimes? Is that only human? I think it's human. I, you know, you, you got to do what you can to, to separate offense and defense, but – you know, even more so probably at the catcher. Position. Yeah, even more so. But I, I also think it's easier because you there's so many things going on. You know, you got to call pitches, you got to get signs for pickoffs, you got to do this, you got to know who's on deck. You know, there's a million things going on. It's easier to forget that you just punched out on a fastball right down the middle. Yeah. When you're standing out in the outfield, what else is there to think about? Yeah. You know, it's interesting, man. Um, great insight. I, I was I was glad we did this because we talked so much i see you at so much stuff now because you're so involved in the baseball community over here and with swivel and you know obviously i've known you for a long time and i see a lot of stuff so we have these conversations sometimes over a beer or whatever and we start talking cardinal baseball down at jake's or something and it's like you know i'd be cool to have you on i you know and, and i gave you and for doing this i told you that you guys have some big stuff going on so um you guys have a tremendous 
baseball organization pretty much that had been located in the St. Louis market. I think you guys were out in the Chesterfield area, but for most part, you guys were a local St. Louis program that has grown leaps and bounds over the years. I've had the opportunity to get to know uh, your own, your co-owners, Chris Craddock and Joe Lopez. Actually, they were in not too long ago and did the youth show that I do to talk about what you guys are doing. So I know you wanted to, in exchange for coming on and sharing a little bit of knowledge, we wanted to talk just for a minute you know, we've got a ton of listeners out there that love the game of baseball, so their kids, their you know, their kids are now picking up on the game from them. Uh, in this day and age with youth baseball, things are ever changing, and it's just flying all over the place. There's good, there's bad, there's ugly, there's there's tremendous. But you guys are, are really trying to grow this thing, and you're trying to do it in the right way. So you've done a really good job over in the Missouri market. You've grown into this powerhouse organization all the way up from is it seven U. Six U. Six U. Okay, so you're starting them young. You're probably teaching them at that age. But you come up to where, like you mentioned, you get them into that high school program where now they're trying to start showcasing themselves to get the opportunity to play at the next level, whatever that is. Yes. Um, but now, um, and you being an Illinois guy, um, you had kind of they had kind of put you up over here to where now you're working with a few of the guys that were Illinois guys that were playing for the Missouri Gators, and I'm making air quotes. But you've been touching more kids over here from a baseball standpoint let's say that <laughs> yeah we don't want to get ignorant here. you've been you, you you've you've been working with more kids getting them more involved in what you do and now there's been so much interest you guys are, are doing something pretty amazing in Illinois why don't you tell our listeners because that's for all of our listeners that have kids that are playing baseball what they know is once July hits what time is it folks it's tryout time and you guys have just in time decided to venture over here so why don't you tell our listeners what you guys are doing yeah, so so the owners um, originally had asked me to run an indoor facility um, right off of I two fifty five over here um, in Roxana, Illinois. Right out, right outside Edwardsville, down by. If you're familiar with this area off of two fifty five, if you see the SIUE baseball diamond, it's actually maybe as a crow flies, it's not even a mile, is it? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's about a three minute drive. Yeah. So, um, so originally I, I was managing that facility, and we've now decided to to uh, have some some teams on this side of the river and and grow our organization into Illinois um, we have tryouts coming up um, the youth tryouts so six six u to 14 u are July 9th in O'Fallon Illinois at the O'Fallon uh, sports park and our high school tryouts are July 23rd at the Grizzly Stadium at GCS um, you know, obviously, I say I've talked numerous times on the different shows that there's a lot of great organizations in St. Louis. I think some of them offer some. Uh, number one, I think a lot. I think they all do a great job. But the, the bottom line is everybody, you know, everybody offers something a little bit different and something that they do. Uh, and I always suggest that people do their homework on the organization that they're going to. A lot of it depends on what are you looking for, what is your what is your driving situation, what's your family situation, what's your team situation, things like that. So I always encourage people before they get involved in anything. We have this wonderful thing called a computer with Google. So where would people go to learn more about the Missouri Gators and what you guys are all about? Um, www.missourigators.com. Um, or um, you, guys, you guys can reach me. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily do this all the time, but um, you, can, you can give me a call at 618-406-9980. I think you'll be okay with the phone number. What we've found over time is that people, for some reason, you know, back in the old days, if you'd give out a phone number, it was like, oh, my God, but – because of Google, because of the computer, people can kind of almost incognito at, go at their own pace and learn and, and figure things out. Uh, and, and let's face it, with websites and things these days, everything you need is right there. 
So you can learn a whole lot about it. You got to learn a lot about Jake today and what he's about. And again, I know the people over there. You know, they're doing a nice job. They're growing. They're growing at an unbelievable rate. I don't know how you guys are doing that. To be honest with you, I, I told Joe and Chris that when they first started this and they grew so fast, I'm like, man, good luck. And I meant I didn't mean that being a jerk. It was like good luck. Like, man, you guys are ballsy <laughs> to some yeah. degree, but. Um, but, you know, obviously I think people got a taste today of who you are and what you do and how you do it. And really, more importantly, what you offer with your background. You guys have more people kind of like yourself over there. You guys try to do a good job of hiring people that have been there, done that. It's the right way to do things. So, um, you know, I would highly encourage that if, uh, if you're looking, and let's face it, if you're involved in this youth baseball world at all, it's no different than the soccer or anything else. You're probably going from tryout to tryout because you're wondering where do I fit in this whole thing. I got to, you know, I want to. Maybe I, my dream is to play on the best team, my, or my team to play for this organization because I hear they do this well, and I want to try out for them. You know, you got to go. So if you want to go and you want to find out, one last time on that website, www.missourigators.com. All right. Well, that is Jake DePew, and again, he's one of the high school directors um, for uh, the Missouri Gators, which is now Gators Baseball, because you guys are Illinois Gators, Missouri Gators. Congratulations to you guys. That's awesome. I know, you know, and, and off the air, we got to talk a little bit about some other plans you guys have, which, I mean, you know, if all things go well, um, you guys are going to be, um, be sitting really, really good over here. So good for you. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, and I'm happy for you. I mean, I know you had a great career. And like I said, I remember you as a young cat running around a little bit and over the years as I had kind of gotten away from all that I would still hear your name mentioned all the time you and I'm um, obviously I was friends with your dad and Rick Daly and his son uh had a cup of coffee with the Chicago White Sox um you know you guys were always good players on your team you had a lot of good players on that team actually so um good for you guys congratulations I mean just it's great to be able to say I, you said it earlier you this is the only thing you know you know is is this if this was work that's not so bad yeah, exactly. This Good is, for you. This is what I've always wanted to do. Well, I appreciate you coming on today because, like I said, I mean, I you know, I'm a, you know, I, I obviously never played at your level. Um, I'm not a professional baseball coach. I, I always say I know enough to be dangerous. But sometimes, you know, I know our fans love to hear from guys that have kind of lived it, you know, because I think we make a lot of assumption as fans. And the truth of the matter is, uh, for all of us, it doesn't mean we still don't get mad or frustrated or want somebody's head or do whatever. I mean, I, as I always say, fan how you want to fan. I, it, it, that's it. I, be as mad as you want to get. I, maybe sometimes change is good. I have no idea. I, I say all the time, I, my only concern about getting rid of the manager, getting rid of the hitting coach, is that the players are still going to be here. And you're, I'm going to have a hard time believing that a bunch of guys that have millions and millions of dollars and guaranteed contracts, their boots are going to start shaking when, when Girardi comes walking through the door. Oh, my God. Joe Girardi's here. We better we better start hitting now. We better start fielding ground balls now. Now, I also am not stupid, and I know the human element, that sometimes change just makes people go, okay, let's recharge here. Maybe that is where we're at. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that there is an answer to that. We could try it. We sure could try it. Um, I'm of the opinion that if we're going to do that, let's just clean the whole thing out. Let's just start getting rid. Because in my opinion, the, at the end of the day, the problem is we just don't have the talent. That's my opinion. You can throw it in the trash, do what you want to do with it. But I enjoyed it, and I want to thank Jake DePew. And again, uh, thank the guys over at the Missouri Gators for loaning him to me today. Congratulations on your, uh, your intro into Illinois. And again, um, for anybody out there that is going through that process right now, I, I mean, I couldn't recommend um, a, a guy more deserving than Jake. I, I say it all the time. I'm very blessed to know some of the best guys in St. Louis. These guys are doing a great job. You could do a whole lot worse than to give them an opportunity for 
you know, what should be a fun time in your life trying to pursue whatever dream that is for your, for your youngster. And again, if it's young, get in there and find out if you like it and see how much. But, you know, I know them to do a good job of making it fun for the kids as well as trying to help them become better. And at the end, that should be all that you want. So make sure you check them out. Again, that's Missouri Gators uh, baseball, now Illinois Gators as well. Again, just Google it and you can learn all about it. But as far as our Cardinals talk today goes, Again, I thought it was an interesting comment from Mike Matheny. Baseball is bad. Um, it sounds kind of like a stupid – or baseball is hard, I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah, their baseball has been bad. But um, saying baseball is hard while being kind of simpleton and comical is very accurate. And I think – I took it as uh, – it was funny. I kind of laughed about it. I told somebody, I said, I really – on the last show, I kind of said, I kind of took it as him looking at somebody going well, – well, you know, okay, I understand your question, but let me answer it really simple. The, the answer is baseball's hard. It's not easy. I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, you want me, to, you know, you want me to whip them. You want me to, you want me to throw stones at them. You want me to jerk them around. You want me to come again. I always say I'm going to do a Facebook Live thing after the Cardinals play bad because we know what we're going to get from Mike. He's going to come out there. And Jake, if, if you're man, if you if you if you played like crap, and your manager come out and goes. Yeah, I got to tell you, I don't know what Jake was doing there. It was awful, and and his swings today just pitiful. How'd you feel in the locker room after that? Not not real good. I wouldn't be happy. E- even though you, even though some people may be like, well, you're the one that did it. Is that the relationship you really want to have with your players? I'm just asking. Absolutely not. Okay. So I've always thought though that what I'm going to do is after they play bad one, I'm going to start doing Facebook videos, and I'm going to give people the press conference that they want. I've always thought that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Analyze the game and go, yeah, you know, i got to tell you, it was a good at bat by Carp in the first, but then I have no idea what the hell he was doing trying to go first to third on a ball in front of him in left field. I, I don't know what he saw there. I'm going to talk to him about it in the locker room here in a minute, but that's a bad baseball play. Now, if he was doing something that he thought he saw there, we'll talk about it. Um, and, again, good pitching by Carlos there. Um, you know, he kind of lost it for the one inning, but he got it together and, and finished it out real strong for us. Uh, Colton, yeah, it, it's it, him swinging at off-speed pitches in the dirt is a continued problem. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to hook him up to a, a battery, and we're going to shock him a little bit, and we're going to try to work on that approach. Um, you know, and, again, as far as, uh, as, far as Dex, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do there. I really don't know what we're going to do with Dex because, you know, it hasn't worked out. He's not – there's – that's what people want. I, and, and listen, I've said this a hundred times over. If you don't think that look on Mike's face when he's telling you what you don't want to hear, that in his mind he's not going, not good, would be inaccurate. I'm sorry. I've said it once. I'll say it again. You cannot like him. They can fire him tomorrow. I really don't care. If you watched this guy play at all and you know anything about who he is as a – do you know him? Yes, I do. You do know him. You'd stop me anytime you think I'm wrong about who he is. Okay. You know him well, too, don't you? That's right. I forgot about that. You do know him well. If you think that guy doesn't care, if you think he doesn't know the fundamentals of the game, if you think he's okay with guys not giving effort or losing and doing silly things, I was going to say call Steve Klein and ask him because he'll tell you, no, he's not because he come and knocked my ass off of exercise bike after a game once. But – would you say that guy doesn't care or doesn't know the game? No, that's that's the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, if you had to guess, I want. I mean, you, what do you think goes on behind closed doors in that locker room? If you had to guess, now here I will say this, and I love teasing this. I know a little bit, but we can't talk about it on the air. And I remind people all the time: this guy that sits to my right when he's here is in that locker room three days a week, and his brother's in there every day. So I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> I'm curious what you think goes on in there. 
Oh man, because um, it's a little different when the door shuts. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's no a lot different. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some ugly conversations at at points, but um, yeah, that's that's. Part you think of he it. just I walks mean. in and goes, "Let's get him tomorrow." No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, it's I, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there might be some days he does that. Yeah, you can't. Be, but because <laughs> you, you can't do it every day. You can't do that. Every or it day. just, or it just becomes routine. But there's, there's times when, if if you see enough frustrating baseball, and and you love the game as much as he does, it's going to eat at you. You know, everybody wants him to thump a table. How many times can you do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, how many times can you thump a table? Right, and um, and 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 we're talking about. We're talking about big league players. Like it, these aren't high school players where you're trying to intimidate them into playing better. You know? I've said that a hundred like, times. Like How, these are, I, these I, are big leaguers. Are you shaking in your boots if you're owed eighty five million dollars? No. <laughs> I, I just I, you know I, I I've all I've said that I, I don't you know and again I do understand that sometimes you get rid of guys and guys turn it around. People right now are talking about Cincinnati. You know they made a change and they're playing better. Is it because they changed the manager? I, I don't know. I'm, maybe or, or maybe. I, I don't know. I, I had no idea. Or, or were they better than we thought they were, and they just weren't playing well? And now it's I, – I don't know. I, I don't care. Do what they want. They can do what they want. I don't care. But I say this. If you fire the manager and you fire the hitting coach and it doesn't get any better, who goes next? Yeah, exactly. The guy that, that, that put the team together. And he ain't going anywhere because he said on record his number one job is to make the owners money. So he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so anyway, good stuff, man. I appreciate you for doing this. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks for having me, Joe. Again, that's uh, Jake DePew, again, good friend, and, and of course, uh, high school coordinator with the Missouri and Illinois Gators now. Thanks so much for that insight. And again, um, hopefully we have some good baseball here in St. Louis with uh, July 4th going on. Uh, I want to thank, again, all of our sponsors. Of course, InnovativeCompanies.com, my man Randy Green. Don't forget, they've got the heating and cooling. A lot of you guys are needing that cooling thing right now for sure. Uh, the Innovative Electric team. Now the plumbing team. So anything you got going on there, residential, commercial, industrial, give their plumbing operation a chance for your business. And, of course, the bread and butter of the construction team. 35 years experience, second-generation craftsman, more importantly, a man of his word. That's Randy Green at InnovativeCompanies.com. Don't forget my man Mark Marcuso down at Arlington Greens. Get down there, check out the course, play a little golf. Jake, you played there lately? Not lately, but I have played there. Yeah, you've had a few uh, cocktails there probably over just, time. Yeah, just a couple. Just a couple. Um, great guy, Mark, is he not? Awesome guy. Yeah, it runs a tournament. Awesome, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he runs a great tournament. If you want to make some money. And you need to make some money. Now, the problem is it's hard to get in because everybody knows. So right. you better talk to him early. But that's Mark Marcuso down at Arlington Greens. Hidden Jewel down in Granite City. Go down there. Tell him your friends at Two Birds on a Bat sent you. Get your barbecue. Get it. And let me tell you something. If, if you've waited this long, I don't know that you're going to get it this weekend. But get down to Adam's Smokehouse. See my man Mike. Get your order in if you don't want to do it at home and, and you want it done to the highest level. That's my man. Down at Adam Smokehouse. Again, down on Watson. Tell them your friends at Two Birds on a Bat sent you. I, I can't tell you how much I'm going to go with the pasta salad and the ribs. Who doesn't like ribs? you got to go ribs. All right. Uh, everybody at lineupmedia.fm, thank you for continued support. Make sure you download Yo Radio from the App Store. It's absolutely free. Leave them a review. They'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, find us at uh, <clears throat> twobirdsonabat.com. Subscribe to the podcast there. It's absolutely free. Do your shopping through Amazon. That would help me. With Andrew Allen and Brian Kroc, my producers, trying to keep them in that lap of luxury that they're used to. Uh, again, you can find us on social media, at Birds on a Bat Show on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, Two Birds on a Bat. Don't forget to invite all your friends as you have the opportunity to win a Marcelo Zuna autographed jersey. Compliments of Benji Molina, Yachty Molina, and all the gang over at M4ByYachty.com. Find us on Instagram, Two Birds on a Bat Show. We're also part of the social media community. It starts with my man Nate McHenry over at RallySquirrel.com. Don't forget... 
uh, Rally Squirrel Club. That's rallysquirrel.com. Learn how you can be a member of the Rally Squirrel Club as well. Eligible for all those prizes and that premium portion of the podcast where we get to hit Benji Molina with those hard behind-the-scenes questions that only he can answer for us. Again, uh, our social media partners, I, I want to take a minute and tell Chris Lawless that I'm thinking about him. I know he's going through some tests right now. If, uh, if you could say a prayer for Chris, I know everybody appreciates everything that he does for the Cardinal community. He does a great job with Cardinals Nation. He does an unbelievable job with Cardinals 24-7, and now he has this podcast with Ron Nuttall. They do a great job on Cardinals 24-7 podcast, but most importantly, as you're celebrating this weekend, take a moment and give a thought to my man, Chris Lawless. He does a tremendous job, and he needs your thoughts and prayers right now. Chris, we're thinking of you. I hope you feel better, pal. All right, don't forget, Light Art City Media does a great job as well. Um, thank you for your continued support. Cardinal Freak, fans of Yachty or Molina, St. Louis Cardinals Nation, STL Cardinals, STL Cardinals crew, all the great Facebook pages that are out there, Cardinals haters versus Cardinals fans, friends of uh, St. Louis Cardinals true fans, Baseball Heaven, Cardinals Country, so many, uh, Rally Squirrel Exp- or Rally uh, Bird Express, Beast Mode Cardinals. So many great social media pages out there, folks. If you want to talk Cardinal baseball, you can find it. Love it. Love being a part of it. Again, special thanks to all the people that make this show happen. For Two Birds on a Bat, this was your special July 4th edition. I'm your host, Jim Cromer. One more time, special thanks to Jake DePue with Missouri Gators. Let's go, Birds! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.